Are you guys ready up there? Alright. Alright, quiet on the set. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies. My name is Nathaniel Muir and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the man who got a jump on Blake last week. That is me. I am Danny and I am kind of proud of it, I guess. Sorry, Blake. (laughs) Also joining us is the guy who will never let Danny speak first again. That's me, Blake. Danny's welcome to speak first. I'll just yell at him more. <laughs> Sorry for yelling at you so much on this podcast, Danny. Oh, someone has to do it. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you still upset about the Indiana Jones thing? Because I thought it was hilarious. No, I was never really upset. It was just it totally fucked my entire rest of my show up. But thanks, Danny. Anyway. <laughs> How are you guys doing? It is so rainy here. It's It's weird. It's not like... It's not a steady drizzle. It's not raining hard, but it's not really. It's like a constant mist, I guess. But it's, I don't know, wet, very wet mist. It's been like that all day. That's my favorite <laughs> romance novel, <laughs> Wet Mist. <laughs> wet mist coming, coming during stink month. Wet mist. <laughs> you know, it was like that here kind of yesterday, actually. So... Uh, kind of a dreary, wet, cold day, but um, yeah. So I'm glad you got to deal with that. Shit not too. quite rain. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because it's, it's not quite rain, but it's definitely not dry. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's never dry where you are. Let's be real. The air is actually thick, like with water most days. Yeah, that's true. It's been really bad the past couple, but today's actually kind of been a reprieve from it. It, it actually feels it feels good actually. But yeah, it feels better when it rains. <laughs> Yeah, it feels very, very nice. A nice day. Um, So, it's, uh, a lot of nice days have been happening with Disney. Um, recently, they acquired Fox, so much of Fox. Um, so, what did you guys think of the news that they are removing the Fox name and logo from a lot of the uh, Fox properties? I didn't even know until I saw it on the rundown. I saw like a little article about it on Twitter or something. So there, it's just 20th Century, and then there's like Searchlight. They've they've dropped the Fox searchlight. off the Searchlight thing. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the Fox logo is kind of iconic, especially that 20th Century Fox. So yeah, it's going to be kind of uh, interesting to see it without it. I guess. Are they going to keep the fanfare? I don't know. I don't the done thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. They should. I think they should also because um, I, I understand why they're doing it. I mean, I don't think it's entirely necessary because it can always be, you know, and eventually it will be. Fox is just a subdivision of Disney. That's how young people, as we move along in time, that's what people will think. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like people our age, they won't think that Fox is a separate entity from Disney. Uh, but I do kind of see where they're coming from, from a branding purpose. Uh it's not so much it's not surprising but it is going to be odd to see the 20th century logo um so my question to you guys is not surprising 
Are you upset that they're changing the name of the movie to The Four-Legged Mammal and The Hound? (laughs) (laughs) You sly dog. (laughs) (laughs) I'm upset. (laughs) So, uh, really, I mean... It's actually just going to be The Hound. (laughs) It's just going to be The Hound out here, right? And then they get sued by Warner Media and the Game of Thrones and all that. It's going to be a mess. It's anarchy. As long I, as they mutilate half the dog's face, so they pay like homage to. <laughs> uh, you're cool with it. Yeah, they don't cool with it. What's happening with this world? I mean, 20th Century Fox is going to be gone. I mean, Fox Searchlight, little smaller thing, but that's going to be gone. Crazy brawl last night in a college basketball game that involved a guy threatening to hit someone with a stool. I mean, <laughs> what's the world we live in. What is the world coming to? It's so the, eventually it is going to be like that kind of dystopian future that we've been told about where it is. There's going to be like three brands <laughs> selling us everything. Every restaurant's going to be a Taco Bell. We're going to be wiping our ass with seashells. <laughs> it's going to be demolition. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally actually for is. it. Uh, it'll be crazy when you're getting your Kleenex at like it's going to be part of the number two at McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, no, actually, McDonald's is in demolition, man. Like the only thing that survived was Taco Bell, so that would be the number two in Taco Bell. <laughs> That's true. And when you do need Taco Bell, you do need a lot of toilet paper and Kleenex. That is yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this past this past week, um, I got to see uh, Danny. You saw Little Women last week. Uh, uh, sorry. Right? At Christmas. Christmas. Well, I got yeah. to see it um, the this past weekend, and I would say it is one of the better movies of the year. Uh, I thought that the direction was great, and now that I've seen I've seen all the movies, so now I can say that um, I would replace uh, Todd Phillips with Greta Gerwig, and I would say Greta Gerwig of the female directed movies that I've seen, I would say she did the best job. Um, she made some very. Have you read the novel, Danny? I have not actually. This is the first time I've seen Little Women, so I haven't even seen like the the previous two. You've seen the Winona? You never seen no. the Winona Ryder? No, oh, I've man, never seen. See, that one is a little truer to the novel. Yes, um, actually, the the framing device that they use in this one is really cool. It's 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 much better than the book actually. But that one, there's a relationship that's much closer to the novel, and it's so much better. Um, whereas in this one, I think I understand why they made the change. Uh, it kind of goes with the character, one of her motivations and philosophy about life, but it does, I think, affect the ending a lot. Uh, that being said, um, I like they did with some, they made some changes to some of the characters. I thought that it was really cool. The direction is awesome. And, um, have you read the story, Blake, the book? Yeah. Years ago, years, years and years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a timeless book. I think yeah. I, I, it's one of the first novels I ever read. Like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's long, but it's a pretty easy read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it was I enjoyed the movie very much. It's uh, one of those movies that even though there are some down moments in it, you kind of keeps us smiling throughout. I, I I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I re- also root it more for Beth. Uh, she was my all time favorite character uh, in this whole in this whole movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I really agree with what you're saying with that. That's uh, what the kiss, kiss the, the kiss song is about. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Because no. I love that song. Oh, no, it's about his wife. <laughs> oh well, that's still a pretty name and yeah. a pretty song. Good for you, kid. Good for I you. guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's see. And then I saw a, a, a movie called Tapeworm. Um, Sundance has uh, begun. Uh, Slamdance is kind of a part of Sundance. It's the uh, low-budget indie film. So this is a low-budget indie film from uh, Canada. Uh, it takes place in Winnipeg. <laughs> it takes place in Winnipeg. It's um, It sounds like a really basic story. It's just about four people who are like kind of on the fringes of society, leaving their life, and it's very dreary and depressing. But uh, the characters are really funny. One dude's um, uh, the guy who has the tapeworm. Um, he's kind of like a hypochondriac. There's a comedian who's easily the best character in the entire movie. It's um, I guess it's uh, anti-humor, I guess, but uh, she's a depressed comedian, but instead of just telling jokes, she tells the joke, and then she kind of explains why it's supposed to be funny. And then she asks people, like, do you, you understand why what I'm talking about, right? Like, it's 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 Michael Scott. It's very cringy, but uh, you, you can't take your – you want her to stop talking, but you also want to hear what she's going to say next. Uh, it's, it's, say, it's, it sounds like uh, Sweet D from It's Always Sunny when she does her stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very much like that, except with a lower budget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's a really cool movie. It's kind of um, – I don't think it'll be playing in your local Cineplex anytime soon, but if you happen to come across it, it's definitely, definitely worth a watch. Um, I saw House by the Cemetery by a little-known director nicknamed the Godfather of Gore, the the great Lucio Fulci. Mm. Oh, how much much eyeball stuff was in this? Lots of maggots in this. Oh, awesome. this is, nice. this is, he obviously had. This is. Um, have you heard of the Gates of Hell trilogy? Yeah, yeah. It's the third part of that. Uh, it's it's a thematic trilogy, so there's oh, no no yeah, shared yeah. characters or anything like that. All three movies. It's um City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, and House by the Cemetery. They're all about a portal to hell opening. Uh, right. So this one, it's Doom. Uh, yeah, it is Doom. Actually, it's very much. Is doom. <laughs> um, this one, uh, the way the portal is open is because uh, it's such a weird movie. Even by Fulci standards, it's so weird. It's a haunted house movie. Uh, it has kids in it. So think The Shining mixed with like the Amityville horror, but a okay. hundred times bloodier. Like, <laughs> like it's incredibly and to the point to where you're kind of like, you know, usually there's a kids, kids in horror movies. And you're kind of. You're worried for them, or you, or maybe you you pity them a little bit, or you're scared of them because they're the villain. In this one, you're kind of like worried for them, like call call child protective services, worried for them because <laughs> they put them through some pretty crazy shit in this movie, very brutal. <laughs> but um, there's an awesome, awesome villain in it. His name is uh, Doctor Freudstein, though it's it's oh. a weird mix of sigmund freud and frankenstein is what i got out of it but he looks like he looks crazy he looks it's it's a frankenstein story too and, and all that um uh, there's a lot going on a lot Sign going me on up. Sign yeah me up. It's, uh, hey, so is it's, the blood like red paint or does it look like real blood so that's like one of the two things you get from like that kind of horror movie it looks it looks real it looks real oh, okay it awesome looks, yeah it looks it looks good um it's cool. It's like from 81, 82 or something like that. So practical effects. Um, the makeup is so good on the monsters. It's so good. Um, but uh, it's definitely <laughs> you have to be a fan of horror and to enjoy it because there's no way you get anything else out of it. <laughs> there's absolutely because like if, if you're going to be objective, it's 
it's not it's not a good take on the Frankenstein story, even as a horror fan, I can say that. But um as a movie, I mean it has a great soundtrack, but otherwise acting is and eh, setting is pretty cool, but I mean it's nothing out of the ordinary. Like it's and even then as a horror fan, I have you have to be into like that kind of excessive gore, but it's not like Eli Roth like kind of annoying gore. It's uh it, it's Fulci. It's like Argento does and stuff like it's pretty pretty typical to that genre but i i found it to be very entertaining <laughs> i liked it um the uh the final thing i saw was the uh season premiere of uh curb Your enthusiasm season 10 so for you guys watch curb i haven't I, watched I, it in years I ha- i've never seen it actually uh really? i think yeah uh, pat's the only one that's really like pushed me to watch it uh but i, I just i it's one of those because I work and I have things in the background. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I have to pay attention, especially because I know that dialogue is very witty and there's scenes that match with it. So I kind of just want to like sit down, watch it. Cause there's like what, 10, 10 seasons, right? 11 seasons. Uh, this is the 10th season. It's been, it's kind of funny because Blake says it's been years since he's watched them. It's actually been years since season nine. The season nine was <laughs> three years ago, and it was oh, wow. six years <laughs> b- before that. Like it's been twenty years since it came out, but there's been ten seasons. Wow, dang. Yeah, I haven't yeah, watched it's, it's, this probably in yeah years and years and years. Then uh, the the cool thing about Curve, and it's kind of similar to the the first few seasons of Arrested Development, is it's a uh, it's improv. A lot of it is improv, and you can tell uh, it is very witty. Um, and it's it's also cringe comedy, but it's cringe comedy be- way before that was like the thing. Um, but uh, it has a story. It has a very tight. Each season has a very tightly told, well written story. Um, there was a season where he wanted to open a restaurant. One season where he was working with with uh, Mel Brooks to do the producers. Uh, there's been issues with his, um, with his wife. One season was all about him trying to get a. There was a cable, a cable line above their backyard that ruined a view, and the season was all about them trying to get rid of that. But this season, um, along with the wackiness that is Larry David's world, um, this one is straight up going after. And I guess it's not a spoiler at this point because I've seen lots of reviews for it. Uh, They are taking on uh, Me Too. Uh, it's kind of like what Danny was saying a few weeks ago for one of the topics. He said he wanted to see someone go after woke cult- culture. Mm-hmm. They are taking on Me Too. And Curb uh, uh, does have social commentary. Like in season nine, um, a character was getting married and her uh, her fiancé, was uh, he he served in the military. And she's introduced and goes up and like, oh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Next person, thank you for your service. Next person, thank you for your service. He gets to Larry Dave and he goes, hey, nice to meet you. And the guy starts crying and he runs out and they're like, why didn't you say thank you for your service? He's like, he's like five people already thanked him for his service. He's like, do we have to thank them for their service every single time we see him? Does every single person have to do it every single time? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, Yeah. of course you do. That's but um, so there's like social commentary in it, but it's like in these ridiculous scenes, they're going hardcore after me too, like big time like straight up someone uh because he is accused of sexual harassment in this in a very ridiculous situation uh the lady calls his office she gets his secretary and she's like larry david sexually harassed me and the his her secretary says oh no me too like, oh, really? <laughs> wow. and 
that's what the season it looks like is going to be. But there's also um, they're going after. Uh, I mean, there, there's always been. He's well, he wears his politics on his sleeve. Uh, he has a people repeller in this because he's always talked about <laughs> hating people. So he has a people repeller. It's a red hat that says "Make America Great Again" <laughs> on it. <laughs> whenever he puts it on, people go go away. So he loves it, even though he hates Trump. But uh, and there's and then there's stuff about his crazy vindictiveness that's coming out and it's uh old relationships seem to be coming back it's it's cool and it's really really funny um i think this i mean anybody can watch it it's fine but i think some people might get offended by it because i don't think they're belittle i never got the sense that they were belittling the the survivors or victims or the movement itself but they're definitely making jokes <laughs> with it <laughs> Well, uh, good. So, Fuck it. You know, like, <laughs> we can't be so thick skin catch. for real. You know, so let's yeah. Let's you know, it's funny. This. this is the I, this is the first show I I think that I've seen that has made a Harvey Weinstein joke, and I thought it was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Um, and then Danny, when I when I mentioned it, he was talking about oh, kind of like South Park, and yeah, South Park had the the trans thing. Yeah, but that there South South Park is very spoofy. Uh, mm-hmm. This is like. This isn't a spoof at all. They're just—they <laughs> are telling jokes about. I mean, it's a serious situation, but you're supposed to laugh at this Me Too situation. Larry David's yeah. always done a really great job of of that, though. I think is kind of turning a really uncomfortable situation and making it funny. You know, that's kind of his trademark. So, you know, I think it's yeah, I think it's cool. Fuck it. It's really good. It's similar to what he did in Seinfeld. I mean, I don't—they couldn't do it with as serious topics. But uh, they did some pretty crazy stuff. And I mean, even when they couldn't talk about masturbating when they had the bed. I mean, (laughs) even that. I mean, he does does some pretty crazy things. And I would definitely recommend Curb Your Enthusiasm, especially to someone like Danny, who wants to see woke culture taken down and (laughs) Trump in office for another four years. (laughs) Hey, remember last year where I snuck into a, a Trump rally? And then people thought I was a Trump supporter. That was fun. Yes, we remember when you quote unquote <laughs> snuck into the Trump. Uh, is this uh, man Danny Martinez? <laughs> oh man, that was some great uh, stuff. Uh, oh, so it's it's my turn, right? Yeah, give us some takes from the alt right, Danny. Give me some hair love, brother. Yeah, so this actually popped up on my YouTube recommend, and it's an Oscar-nominated short, uh, which started, I I guess I I wanted to put this on my list of movies that I've seen already, but I don't know where short movies, if they're different than, I guess, full-length movies, where I should put them on there. But uh, this is prefer to be called little people now. <laughs> little people, little people. Okay, They're, you treat them equally. <laughs> this is uh, from Sony Animation Studios, and uh, you. So I don't know if you guys ever remember house styles from the '90s, from like Marvel and DC. Uh, so there's obviously you know a Disney house style where you could you could tell, and there's a W or Warner Brothers house style uh, where you could tell they're from the same like you know. Uh, bunch of people that are probably just drawn from the same uh same well and uh so hair love it seems like it's from the same animators uh that drew uh, that created uh spider-man into the spider-verse uh it's a short story just about a little girl 
trying to have normal hair and her dad's trying to help her out and at the end of it it's uh it's a very it's heartwarming i don't want to spoil it it's actually a really really cute story uh because the dad's trying to handle the hair um and there's some really good moments where the hair is like in a boxing ring with a dad and it, it's for i think it was like seven minutes long i i laughed a lot and the ending hit pretty uh pretty hard uh, but, uh, this is, uh, this is an Oscar nominated film. So I guess at this point, I'm also starting to like, start, start catching these, uh, short, these shorts that are nominated now. And I know like Cinemark and Elmo Drafthouse. Short hair, hair love? Hair love. And I just put Grabbing shorts. by the short hair? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Kobe Bryant made a short film this year? They're fucked if he did. He always takes on the Oscar. <laughs> Does he really? He did last yeah, time. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Fuck. Because people were all upset because remember he was accused of raping that girl in Colorado. Oh, but then he bought. (laughs) I said accused, so it's cool. And he bought his uh, his wife a giant ring, right? I remember that. (laughs) I never said anything about that because then that's that's implying guilt, Danny. (laughs) Remember when he scored eighty-one points in a game? That shit was wild. And he only played three quarters. (laughs) Yeah. What? Oh man, I. I don't follow basketball. That is the only sport I don't really follow because I don't get it. I don't understand it as much. <laughs> they just I put was a ball through a hoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I'll watch baseball. Fine, I'll get it. Uh, baseball is ten times more complicated than basketball. Baseball is very know, easy like... to get. I don't um, know what you guys get. Uh, don't understand. I mean, Whatever. Uh, I mean, it... rules go. Yeah, at, at, at its at its base, no pun intended. It's it's easy to get. You just hit a ball. But I mean, there's shifts and all the rule. These new rules about pitchers have to uh, do what at least get one person out before they can switch them out. And mid relievers and relievers and relievers starting and infield shifts and right field short and I don't know what the hell that damn sport's all about. <laughs> And apparently the, the Astros are huge fucking cheaters. Oh, I know. Yeah, just because they, they did what seemed – that seems kind of smart to me. It seems like – isn't that part of the game, like sportsmanship? Like it, you're trying to figure out what the other, your opponent is doing, right? That's what, Yeah, but you're not allowed to, sports. like, use your watch to, to do that. <laughs> or, ba- or bang trash cans. <laughs> or bang trash cans. <laughs> I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sports Talk. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let me boy. Speaking of trash, I hate <laughs> Shia Booth. And you know what? Is this the movie he's in? Yeah. So uh, yeah, a couple of years a couple of years ago, he got into some crazy shit, and for therapy, he had to write about his father. And this is the the outcome of it. Uh, a couple of years later, we have this is essentially just based on his childhood. Uh, and his relationship with his father uh, as he is uh, essentially the catalyst for him to drink and do all the shitty things that he was that he's known for essentially uh, I really enjoyed this to take accountability yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is actually we were talking about movies that I think for last year, and uh, to me, I could see why people were seeing why this movie should have been nominated. I don't see it as much as Peanut Butter Falcon. LaBeouf is really good in this, but not as the main two actors. Uh, the little boy that plays 
childhood LaBeouf and the and the grown up uh, version of uh, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, they, he did really good things where not to name a lot of like the actors or the production that he was working on, which is like even Stevens for the Disney Channel. So it it, it kind of just centered around these two central figures, the the son and the father and the Holy Ghost. Um, this is one of the better films. It's uh, not Oscar worthy, but I really did enjoy the performances of the two. This whole story is just fucking sad. Uh, I don't know if it it's not like tugging at you it's just like it's just a fucking sad story like it, there's like the character even like Shia LaBeouf doesn't come in out come out winning in all of this it's just like here's everything here's how my childhood was and I hope you like what I did like you know it's like a kid <laughs> showing a diagram a diorama uh at, in a middle school and it's like you know like you know it's all like broken popsicle sticks and like a volcano coming out of it like made out of like baking soda it's that uh it's just sad it's just a, it's a sad story and uh to me this is a much much better movie than uncut gems was uh, where you have sleazy characters labeouf uh and i think pat I, you, I don't know how much you hate him but i think labeouf should play more sleazy characters because he's a pretty good sleazeball compared. he looks ridiculously sleazy in this movie. <laughs> yeah no and it's fucking great I, I i was at the end of it i was like he should have been in Uncut Gems. He could have done good. Uh, but yeah, that I have two other movies, but I think that's for the later segment. Uh, fun fact, there's a girl or a woman in this movie. Uh, her name on IMDb is FKA Twigs. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> I just really like that name. I don't care what she's up to. I just, that's a great name. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> FKA Twigs. Uh, so I watched uh, 1917. Uh which Patrick has talked about here on the show already. But uh, I guess I wanted to just really quickly mention it because um, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was a bad movie at all. Uh, I kind of agree with everything Patrick said. It was, you know, it moves. The nice thing about it, it moves along at a nice quick pace. Um, it's a pretty long movie, but it doesn't feel very long. Um, I would say that there needs to be, there should have been more trench stuff in a trench warfare movie. But uh, you can kind of see why they get away from it. There's some set pieces that are needed to be outside that realm. Uh, I also, I, what's the best way I can put it? It, it, um, it was, it was satisfying in a way that I didn't expect it to be. I guess so. Um, it's a, you know, it's a war torn story. But um, by the end of it, um, you're like. I think in the, the kind of the point of the whole thing is, is you kind of feel like ex as exhausted as the main character does. And um, I thought that was pretty, pretty um, effective uh, in a lot of ways. Now, I don't think it was like the best movie of the year by any stretch, but um, very good. Very good. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything. Uh, Danny, have you seen it yet? I have it. And so I chose because uh, they were showing Honey Boy here in El Paso for one night only. So I took that as an advantage. Oh, okay. uh, over over 1917 Huge I, mistake. I, <laughs> I don't know i don't know yet like i i really do want to watch it and at this point it's like been a couple of weeks i still have two weeks before the oscars and yeah. i'm working slowly through my oscar list so you know at this point i think i'll be done by like 2021 i'll, I'll be yeah. fine i'm fine i'm fine you'll get you'll get there you'll get there yeah and oh another thing about the like the one take with like one shot thing very cleverly disguised that there's tons of cuts like there's a lot of cuts uh, in that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, they do it in a clever way to where it's not super obvious all the time. But there's obvious. You said there's like one 
very very obvious cut um but there's there's cuts all over the movie but very cleverly done i would say and it like i said that adds to the to the whole pacing of the thing um and then uh the other thing i watched was uh, i caught up all on what is available for the outsider on hbo um and I'll say this, uh, I actually think it's probably doing a better job <laughs> of giving you characters to care about than the actual book did. Um, the The performances by the main guy, oh, Pat, I can't remember, I don't have the information. The The main actor in that who's playing the, the main detective. Was uh, he in Star Wars? Uh, yeah, that, yes. that guy. I like that guy. He's awesome. He's awesome. And uh, I would say it's a very, you know, very strong performance from him. Um, the supporting cast is really good, obviously, too. Jason Bateman's really great in it. Um, and then uh, the Holly Gibney uh, character uh, is awesome. Uh, and so, yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm kind of re- revitalized to um, to finish it out. I, I, I know it's coming, so I, I kind of feel like, I, again, I kind of feel like it's going to let people down, but um, I think it's going to be a, a fun watch just on the back of a, a strong performance by that lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good to hear. I'm glad because I know that the the book you're, you're not so high on, so yeah. I'm glad that it's kind of, re- that the series has renewed your interest because I don't have the book to go off of. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch more episodes of but over the course of the next uh, week, week weekend, I'm going to watch as many as I can. So um, this week, what we decided to do, little known fact, Dr. Martin Luther King loved black exploitation. So in honor, <laughs> in honor of Dr. King, we decided to discuss some of uh, our favorite black exploitation movies. Now, I had a question right off the bat because uh, Danny mentioned some movies uh, last week. Uh, Scary Movie is the one that comes to mind. And I thought to myself, um, that's not black exploitation. And then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm thinking of black exploitation in my very narrow mind, in a very mar- narrow mindset. I'm thinking of like, I guess, the golden age of black exploitation, like Shaft, Dolomite, uh, Will, um, Willie Dynamite, and the Mac, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I thought about. It, I was like, you know, um, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about. I talked about that. Uh, Where's your caddy movie or the little, little Wayne golf movie? Right. And I referred to it as as a modern black exploitation. So. I guess that's my question to you. What is black exploitation like? And do not say it's black exploitation. I, I know that. Like, what <laughs> what is what is a black exploitation movie in your mind? What are the elements of a good black exploitation movie? Uh, oh, a good one, or just in general? Because well, I mean, good being uh, subjective. Good, like something that'll keep your attention and you'll laugh and enjoy it. Okay, so I thought it, like because I didn't think I I I seen black. Black exploitation fl- films. You and I saw one. Yes, and then that's what I thought about. Like, oh, 007. It's like it's supposed to be like <clears throat> a very campy, very like um, it's not supposed to take itself seriousness and kung fu, <laughs> and kung fu, I guess. <laughs> that's uh what Rudy Roy Rudy Rudy Ray Moore says um in My Name Is Dolomite. He says uh yeah he wants yeah he wants to make a movie that has heroes villains. Uh, I think tits and kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> what Would you one agree thing with that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this was a general question, but yeah, I agree with that. I mean, for the most part, like even like uh, even though uh, like scary movie didn't really show it, but there's other movie like modern movies that use the sex appeal for it. Kind of, I guess, like watching like Double uh, uh, Soul and Dolmite because uh, this is the first time I've seen Dolmite. And 
I was thinking of it like when I was watching Dolmite. Uh, it, it made me think of all the Mexican movies that my dad would make me watch, like El Santo movies or essentially like some like like act like comedians like films that were I, I mentioned it before but there's one that there's a film where this guy is a vampire but he's allergic i guess to like a red powder like red chili for for menudo so he turns into a giant turkey and like uh, like a lot of like this cities. is with the uh, with with santo no no this is another movie i can't remember it like uh. it's not, even El santo like he's fighting like mummies from guanajuato or whatever and so it, it, there's a lot of like weird little set pieces that I saw like black spokesation or especially in Dolmite like work with. And I was like, this is just ridiculous. This works so well for for Mexican cinema at the time, you know, like 70s movies is doing like the same thing that we see in the golden years, as as you mentioned, Pat. And it's almost like the same, like almost beat for beat. You get them in the like 70s, 80s and 90s. And then Mexican cinema goes into like a, you know, turns around and it's like a more indie, more drama, like drama centered films where they're taking themselves more seriously. But like for the longest time, you like I remember watching like the same kind of film, you know, just take away karate or kung fu and put like Lucha Libre. And it's so weird, like to see that in Dolmite so much. And I'm like, oh, like I feel like I've seen this movie where the plot doesn't make sense, but you know, I'm I'm laughing and shaking my head. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You're saying Dolomite doesn't make sense? <laughs> He's like he got out of jail after he, he he served some time in jail. He's got his threads from his from his hose, and now he's taking down the man. You're right. I'm, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm totally on board. Yeah. What what's uh... your favorite black exploitation movie, Blake? Oh, so like if you're talking about like golden era of stuff, I guess like I'm, I'm I mean obviously like the old Shaft was awesome, um, Blackula. I'm you know just as like a horror fan, you know you got to go back and and revisit like the the actual <laughs> Blackula stuff, which is uh, uh, super campy and ridiculous and fun uh, and stuff. But there's one that I really like. It's from '73, um, kind of in the and I don't know if it, it's really qualified as black exploitation. I think it is. But it's a it's another like uh, vampire movie, um, and it stars. Um, it's called Ganja and Hess. I think I've brought it up on here before. The Ganja um, and Hess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's starring Dwayne Jones, who uh, he was the uh, main character, um, kind of the hero character uh, in Night of the Living Dead, and it's like his only other like starring role uh, in a movie. And apparently, uh, Spike Lee has since remade this thing. Uh, it's, it's called <laughs> The Sweet Blood of Jesus. What? So. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I've seen that. Uh, I've never seen that movie, but I've seen that title. I didn't know it was a remake of that, though. Yeah, I honestly I didn't know it either until I was looking up stuff about this uh, movie tonight. So, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, kind of like your classic, like you know, ridiculous vampire tale of you know, uh, seductive woman and and kind of like there's some voodoo stuff, uh, but awesome, super fun. Um, but I guess there's there's I I think there's kind of like a rich tradition that kind of carries on um, into into some of, like, the stuff that we watch now. You guys were talking about, like, scary movie and stuff. I definitely think, like, Tales from the Hood is, like, one of my favorite. <laughs> like, I, I think that's total black exploitation. I mean, when you talk, you asked earlier, like, what it, what is it? And it's kind of like, well, I guess it's, like, using, you know, cultural tropes and stereotypes uh, to 
to exaggerated effect, you know, to make kind of right. over the top, over the top movies. And I think that Tales from the Hood is one hundred percent falls into that category uh, for sure. So, and then another thing that uh, that I thought kind of is in modern uh, day and age uh, is the Boondocks, which is super, you know, controversial cartoon that was on uh, Adult Swim for a while. Aaron Magruder. It started out as a comic strip. Um, but uh, very, you know, culturally, you know, uses a lot of uh, cultural stereotypes to make political commentary and social commentary. Very worthwhile right. uh, checking out all that stuff, too. I was going to say, you bring up some good points, especially with uh, about the controversy and uh, the using uh, tropes and stereotypes, because one of the things that people don't like about black exploitation, and this goes back to, you know, when it first came out, is um, how it does take those, uh, well, basically, they make caricatures. Um, so much so that people will, some people will argue that just the term black exploitation is racist. Uh, newsflash, it's not. But um, uh, I guess you can make an argument that they do go to extremes. But like you said, that's kind of the point of the movie. They're making right. these over the top characters. I can see being offended by that, but um, that's not the point. Isn't to make fun. It's it is to make people laugh, but it isn't to make fun of any particular. Ra- At least I've never thought so. Uh, they also, for what it's worth, they 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 make sure to extend that to all races that are in the movies. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you're right. It's very, very controversial because um, they these movies have no problems <laughs> making right. fun of uh, stereotypes. Uh, and Blackula is a good one. Run Blackula Run is really cool. Die, I Blackula, think. Um, I've, <laughs> I, right. Um, I've never been a fan of Shaft, though. I just, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like I would say it's like the most uh, like palatable, like it's the most non-exploitative. You know, it's pretty exploitative, but it doesn't really go in the super crazy over the top. He's just kind of a real badass motherfucker. You know, it's an action <laughs> movie. Yeah, it's basically it's it's an action movie or the yeah. the star happens. Yeah, it's. I I don't. I've never really cared for it. I mean, it ain't the Mac. That's for sure. It ain't the Mac. That's- <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Danny. What were you gonna, no, say? You were gonna say? No, something. I was. I was gonna say like. So is Superfly in this, or is it just yeah. like? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I... Superfly from the '70s or Superfly from 2018? Oh fuck, that happened, huh? <laughs> <I'm so> uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because we have the shaft, like the shaft. We have shaft uh, that came out a couple of years back too. Movie. Yeah, this is a different movie. I'm sorry, that's a different kind of exploitation movie. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so yeah, I, I guess, um, uh, talking about these type type of things, I don't, I, I guess I never really noticed them or, and that's so stupid to say, but, uh, I guess you just, you have these movies and they're like, oh, you got to watch this movie because it's, you know, fun. And there's no definition of black exploitation on them. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I guess, cause I, I, I also saw my name is don't or don't my name. And it didn't seem like people were be taking offense of it, as at least in this movie. Everybody was like, kind of like taking the. It's the whole getting your you getting represented, your culture being represented. And so I don't know where I don't know where the racism would would be at all, or people would be offended. It's just it's your culture, and it's being represented with, you know, it's always a badass, either a female or male. Uh, they're, you know, it's something that a white man can't do. And usually the white man's a bad guy. Come on. That's 
uh, at least these were corrupt in Dolmite. There were corrupted cops. I fucking love that. Like that shit. That was like fuck yeah. Like I was like rooting for fucking Dolmite. It's they're just awesome tropes. Quentin Tarantino uses these things all the time to great effect in his movies. You know, no one talks shit about him being a racist. Well, I guess they do actually. But yeah. you know, <laughs> they do. Yeah. They do. But like he's just do he's just doing that because these are the movies he grew up watching, right? So it's like he's he's using those same things. It's 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 all just cinema. <laughs> you know? It is and. Uh, you know, Blake, you mentioned one side of it, and Danny, you mentioned the other side of it. Like, yes, uh, they are exaggerated characters. That being said, when these movies came out during the golden age, they are some of the first movies that put um, uh, minorities in prominent lead roles, and and they they were serious. They were seriously supposed to be action heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were you, you could idolize them <laughs> in a sense uh, uh, for as much as you can idolize a pimp. Been a, a black vampire and things of that nature. So um, I, I uh, idolize that. Ah, uh, shit, I do. <laughs> um, we we've kind of touched on a couple of recent um, black exploitation movies, but they've definitely fallen off. Um, so why do you think they stopped making them? To because even in the eighties, there was a lot of them in the night. I mean, the scary movie franchise carried through mm-hmm. the early two thousands, even I think. Uh, but you don't see that anymore, um, and not just for black exploitation. Like for even a character like that, you don't see anymore. Why did they? Why do you think they stopped making those kinds of movies or even characters? Because our society is a bunch of fucking pantywaist pussies that like to bitch about stuff on the internet. Basically, I think you know they you, film directors would like to make fun stuff like that now. But I think there's so much fucking flack now for doing stuff that's usually like super tongue in cheek. Nobody wants to do that stuff anymore. It's like why Mel Brooks doesn't make movies really anymore. You know what I mean? So that's the same stuff. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's. I think we should have more of this kind of stuff. It's fun, you know. As long as you take it with the in stride and know that it's fun. I don't know. I think that's why though. A very Clint Eastwood like answer. <laughs> well, I was gonna say like we. On, I I think Adult Swim. I think it's Adult Swim are one of the one of the late night shows, uh, showing blocks or whatever. They had Black Dynamite not that long ago, and that was a like, you know, Black Spectation take. It, it was an animated show based on you know every every fucking trope that Black Spectation movies had. It's been it's been there, but not like very like in your face i guess like how it was growing up i i do blame society where there is like we are a little bit more sensitive there's a little bit more you know you got to be careful what you're doing but i still think there's like obviously there's still people doing these kind of like low-grade films i think we're, we're i think it's on us that we're not like going out and seeing it because it's not being provided to us really is does that make any kind of sense uh, yeah. I think so. You're saying that they they are out there. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, most definitely because you're you're gonna get like how high two that's on video, like you know, sh- uh, I'm not saying that Shutter shows black exploitation, but like Shutter does you know a grade A amount of like horror films, like independent horror films, and I'm pretty sure there right. is just something out there like some sort of streaming service that does all these like not just black black exploitation films, but a general amount of you know b to there c is, it's, uh, no there, there is it's called jive turkey <laughs> i'm being serious i swear to you oh anyone who God. has a roku anyone who has a roku oh. type it or i'm sure you could even google it jive jive turkey channel and i know because i have a roku and 
it constantly has ads on there, and there's a picture of Chef, and sometimes it's Foxy Brown, and sometimes it's Bruce Lee. But it's I ain't making that up. That's that's the real deal. <laughs> if if um I don't know if they if they make those or not. Like I like I agree with what you guys are saying that I I think that uh and I don't know I won't blame society society per se, but people are very sensitive right now, and um I don't know if you can get away with the scary movie type of thing anymore. I don't think if I don't think that people will find it funny. Like it's just we right. live in such times where people, yeah, it's like no one's willing to laugh at themselves anymore. So there's exactly. no way in hell they're gonna laugh at something else. And they don't want to take the uh, risk of like trending like on Twitter for the wrong reason. You know what I mean? Like that's like, but there is such a thing as bad publicity <laughs> nowadays. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's very true. So, do you guys think that uh, it it'll it'll ever make a comeback? And maybe not to the extent of the golden age, but just in general. I hope so. I yeah. think it probably will. Yeah, I mean, everything. All the pendulum always swings back the other way a little bit, you know. So, um, not that I'm say I'm saying like, oh, I want a bunch of like fucking real racist shit out there, but like, you know, what I mean, like, there definitely could be some more of like the fun, scary movie type stuff, uh, Tales from the Hood, just like I said um hood of horror you know that was that was uh, snoop dogg's hood of horror is another one that i i thought was kind of in that same vein yeah. so so it's like it's not like they aren't happening but you know that it, yeah it's just that was the last one of these i think was made in like 2000 early 2000s so yeah it's been a while already so we've we've talked about the best ones um these movies kind of are tongue-in-cheek what's a what's a black exploitation movie that uh really popular but you just never never understood the popularity of i, I mentioned shaft i i honestly I, I don't see it as any different from i don't know what's a movie from like the green berets or delta force or anything like that i never i never understood the popularity behind it but is there one that you guys have so far Foxy Brown, Foxy Brown, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like one of Pam Greer's things, and like I only watched it because yeah. Pam, Pam Greer was in it, and yeah, uh, I thought it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what you know, about it's you, like, Danny? It's about some risque shit. <laughs> uh, Soul Plane. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. It had uh, everybody like liked it. Uh, I think it was the same people that did like Pootie Tang. I don't. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> not for me. Uh, well, it was the same people who did Pootie Tang. I didn't. I, I, I've actually never seen it. I just know that uh, Sofia Vegata is in it, but I uh, I've, I've never watched it. Uh, I've seen Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I've never like I've never seen it because I just I <laughs> never. Is funny. I never got like I guess I never got like the kind of like that humor. So I was like, oh, all right, like I'm just gonna not see this. Give me it's the... like Friday. Is Friday like the Friday series of movies? Is that black exploitation? That's a I good question. Was, like I thought, those were weed movies. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, yeah, you know, that's kinda. that's that's what I consider them. I, I, they're like, like drug the, movies. Yeah, yeah, they're stone movies. My dad really enjoys Friday, like the trilogy. He went, he saw the trilogy and at Walmart, yeah, and funny. he bought it. He's like, he's 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 a huge fan. They're funny. They're I funny. mean, they funny. get progressively less funny, yeah. but. Uh, I remember the first time I saw the Friday, the original. Um, I believe I just, when someone was like, "Hey, you gotta check out this movie that I have," yeah. and uh, I was like, eh, "I don't want to watch this stupid movie." And it was 
Hilarious. Yeah. Plus that Zeus did. Zeus Zeus from yeah. the WWF was exactly. <laughs> introducing Chris Tucker. <laughs> introducing Chris Tucker. And and then uh Ice Cube in one of his like best roles ever. I mean, yeah, he, on, you know what? He's good. He's a good actor. Uh have you seen Fist Fight with him and Charlie uh Day? <laughs> from yes. That yeah. movie's hilarious. <laughs> Fucking great. I really enjoyed that shit. I like ice cube. That's what I uh you heard? my uh my favorite ice cube scene is uh and this isn't a black exploitation movie, but it's a boys in the hood. And in the very beginning of the movie, um there's um a um uh, a barbecue that's parodied in Don't Drink Your Juice in the while being a menace to society or whatever but um he uh ice cube plays doughboy and he had just gotten out of prison or whatever and everyone's you know drinking and eating and whatnot and uh someone asks um ice cube they're like man like you got buff like what'd you do in prison he's like oh man there's not much you can do he's like you know i ate my three squares i worked out i read and then this big buff dude gets up and he goes Read, and even though he's wearing dark sunglasses, you could just see the confusion in his eyes. <laughs> he's, he's like a deer in headlights. It's it's my favorite Ice Cube scene, even though it's really not Ice Cube that makes the scene. <laughs> he's the one that's delivering it. Yeah, loved it, loved it. Um, before they before they do bring back black exploitation, I really want to see them bring back Nazi exploitation. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's fuck up some bunch of Nazis. <laughs> they're they're rife for it. Yeah, they're, they're What about they're, a does uh like Overlord count? None of that counts, right? That's, that's close. Horror. That's close, but that's that's just like I would say like a yeah horror movie. But it's close. It's right on the edge. It's right. I want to see edge. the ones where they're like where they're like sex crazed fiends. Yeah, I want to see the werewolf <laughs> women of the SS. The, 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 I think that was supposed to be a Rob Zombie. Uh, Rob Zombie, you see? Yeah. Rob Zombie, the best movie he ever made was a 30-second trailer. trailer. Fucking bastard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, uh, every Saturday you can find us here. Uh, the rest of the week you can go to adventuresinportes.com where you can find uh, all our podcasts. We have Talking Tauntauns and Forte's Wrestling, and we have the uh, gen- the General Comics podcast. Um, you can also go to the site and catch up with all the reviews and leave your thoughts. You can also check out the articles we have. Um, Oscars are coming up, so we have a lot of Oscar articles out right now. One of them is on uh, Joker and uh, why it's really not all that good. Because it copies other movies. The only thing <laughs> good about it, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, what you can do as well as you're bitching about Joker, you can follow Adventures in Movies on Twitter over at AIPT Movies, or you can follow us individually. You can find Nathaniel or Patrick, as I like to call him, over on Instagram at Nathan Portes. You can find me, Danny, on Twitter and Instagram at default underscore player. And you can find the fabulous Blake on Twitter at 4 Tour. That's correct. I'm a fabulous Thunderbird. Uh, so next week... Just like anybody going up against Texas Tech Red Raider Patrick Mahomes, you'd be an underdog. (laughs) So we're going to do underdog movies next week. Uh, Guns up, Rackham Tech. Let's go Pat Mahomes. Yep. (laughs) And uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. 
you might be able to find us at Stitcher. I mean, it's worth a shot. Uh, you can go anywhere that you listen to your podcast, as long as it's one of those things that I mentioned. Or uh, you can just go to the website and find us there. Make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen. And that's our cue. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye